This is odd and a little unsettling to be talking to Joe Castiglione at this time of day without breakfast in front of me. But we'll try to power through anyway. No as breakfast we are joined... casserole still? No. I, got, I finished it yesterday. It's all gone. <laughs> okay. Good morning, boss. Good morning. Yeah, I feel a little bit uh, uh, flummoxed here uh, that I'm not in a diner. Well, I hope you're able to overcome that because uh, your legacy might be on the line here, Joe. So we want to make sure you nail this interview. Apparently, uh, that's the rumor going around. At least somebody's <laughs> promoting that. <laughs> well, good luck to you. This is a big 30 minutes for you. We appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, I got a, a couple of questions about the SEC, and then we'll move on to some other stuff. Um, that We know an official time now, 2024, July of 2024, the move will be made. I don't know how much you could tell us about the process to get to that decision, but what intrigues me most now is going forward. You've got a little less than a year and a half now until that point. So what's the process like for you? What has to happen for the athletic department? The move between conferences here behind the scenes, what all has to take place? Well, something that we're obviously uh, accelerating planning that was already underway. And we've had uh, both uh, internal groups looking at everything from uh, scheduling to travel to facility comparisons, staffing comparisons, uh, traditions, uh, things we'd have to switch over, like all the graphics that we have throughout various facilities that have uh, certain logos and so on. And it's a pretty wide-ranging a group, uh, I said, say a, a wide-ranging group of topics that our uh, our staff and subcommittees have been um, studying and, and comparing and analyzing over the last, well, let's say, year plus. And so uh, there are certain things that we're um, obviously will be very ready for, and some that we'll uh, use this next year to uh, accelerate. But uh, we also have to keep a now focus on we're playing in the Big 12, and we're not going to get ahead of ourselves in the wrong way. And so we have to respect the conference we're in, the quality of the opponents that we're going to face. Uh, we have some new places we're going to travel. And at the end of it all, you know, we want to put our student-athletes and our coaches and everybody in a position to be as successful as possible, including winning Big 12 championships. So it's, um, you know, it's a, a, a very disciplined, organized, thoughtful process. But uh, we'll balance the both of them and be ready when the time comes. How complicated was the process of arriving at July 2024? Very. Because it involves six different parties. Obviously, Oklahoma and Texas, uh the Big 12, the SEC, and uh, as we said from the moment the uh, announcement developed that we were going to stay and honor all of our contracts, that uh, we were going to be good to you know that that process that we promised when we became party to those contracts. So we were uh, in the process of doing that, 
but also, Toby, you know, the world around us, the uh, college athletics ecosystem, if you will, uh, has been changing in dramatic ways uh, and continues to change. And, you know, we thought that there very well might be uh, a reason developed uh, that the conference might uh, have its own goals and objectives that they may want to have a conversation. And so that that's how it got initiated. And, uh, you know, the other two parties that were involved are those that we have contracts with, and those are the major TV networks of ESPN and Fox. So you try to work through a uh, multi-layer, multi-party sort of uh, a uh, break-the-mold kind of process because we, we were, unlike a lot of other schools, we were staying through our contracts instead of trying to get out immediately. Um, it just took, took a lot of effort by a lot of people, and I think that uh, that's really the testament to how you get something like that done, everybody working together. Our administration, President Harris, uh, a lot of folks you know at the Big 12, including Commissioner Yormark, um, uh, President Hartzell and Chris Delconi at uh, the University of Texas, and, of course, the leaders of uh, ESPN and Fox. So everybody worked together to you know, thread those needles that had to be addressed to make it palatable for all, and I think it's a fair resolution for all. I've been saying, and I just want to make sure I'm right, so I'm, I'm going to ask you to make sure here, but the scheduling in that conference is going to be complicated. Well, scheduling next year is complicated with the 14 teams in the Big 12, but you guys, you OU and Texas, have been involved, right, in the future SEC scheduling as far as how we're going to do football and basketball and baseball and softball, all of that that has to be figured out. You've had a voice in those conversations, correct? Yes, that is correct. The SEC has invited us to a few meetings where the the bulk of the agenda has been all those elements that have required forward thinking, pre-planning, analysis. And it's uh, it's been a very, very um, interesting process. There's a lot of uh, analytics and study and uh, surveying and you know, really understanding the landscape that we face currently. Uh, obviously, these talks started before uh, we knew about the college football playoff. Uh, now that's arrived, you know, there's um, thought around that and then uh, other other options that might um, change scheduling, like whether the conference continues to play eight conference games or whether they move to nine. Uh, then the development of uh, how you how you determine permanent opponents, if you will. Certainly natural rivalries uh, define what permanent opponents may be. So it's, it's, it's really a fascinating type of process. And, uh, you know, it's different from, um, in some ways anyway, but uh, different from one sport to the other because you're trying to make schedules that um, build – you know, build each member of the conference, which strengthens the conference in total. And the Big 12 is going through something very similar. We've been involved in those conversations as well, Toby, yeah. because of the addition of four teams starting this fall. 
got any hunch on where the SEC is going to land on how the football schedule is going to work? Or rather not go down that road? Uh, you know, I, I think there's um, a lot of conversation around moving to a ninth conference game. But, you know, this is a you know, very tedious and, and uh, important process. So I, I don't want to speculate as to where it's going to land. It'll, let, it'll land where it's supposed to land to strengthen all the members' teams as best they can and give the, uh, the membership the best chance to have great seasons and pursue a spot in the um, college football playoff. Fan base is excited. Um about that, about uh, next year and everything, and I know we got in. Uh, was it next week? So March first, that uh, season ticket and Sooner Club renewal deadlines is. I believe that's right. Yes, it is uh, March first. We actually moved it up a little bit this year because we're trying to listen to fans, uh, their interests, requests. Um, there are some that uh, you know forever they. They understood that the renewals went out and the deadline was uh, April 15th, which is the same day as taxes are due. <laughs> you know, every school did it this way. Why that ever developed, I can't tell you. But we've tried to be, um, you know, thoughtful and listening to our fans and giving them more time to uh, um, pay for their season tickets over a period of time as, as opposed to all at once. Um, I think that's really been a, um, an important component for us to maintain such a um, high renewal rate in our season tickets and uh, continue to add to those historical sellouts that we have going on at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. So uh, we, we wanted to do that. Uh, it's also a time where our Sooner Club renewals are going on. Um, so it's a, a dual process. And you know, Toby, you've heard us talk about this a lot, you know, that we're trying to find new and, and uh, innovative ways to improve the fan experience best yeah. as we can. Um, and some of that is, uh, you know, keeping our tickets affordable because we, we love the fans that come and pack the stadium every game. Um, we, we had a slight less than a dollar per ticket increase on our uh, overall season tickets. And that's the first time we've had any increase. And, again, it's very minimal in uh, five years. Um, but we also started a new season ticket price, which is lower, uh, about $100 lower than um, than the overall season ticket price we've been offering uh, for a long, long time. So there are $400 season tickets available in certain areas of the stadium now instead of having to purchase you know, every ticket at $500. So, you know, we're trying to, you know, respond to keeping people in the stadium, understanding what's going on in our world, and uh, stay connected to our fans. And, of course, when you buy season tickets, you know, you get the first shot at uh, spring game tickets. And you don't have to think back in our memory too far to remember what a scene that was yeah. last year. You know, t- TJ didn't think we should open the upper deck, but we no, went against but his TJ sources said there. you weren't going to. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I've told him he needs to get better sources. That's but, right. Yeah, maybe that's right. once in a while. I thought that's you that told road, me that, is. Joe. No, <laughs> I thought you were my <laughs> source. What's going on? No. <laughs> so anyway, it's uh, you know those kind of things are, are really happening and happening in, you know, for our fans, and really excited about it. 
Yeah, I, I'm sure we got a lot of details to come about spring game. We know it's going to be April 22nd, but it's going to be another big day, isn't it? Huge. Uh, I think everybody uh, surprised themselves last year because they got there and realized this is awesome and having such a great time. And we had uh, more former players come back than ever before. And I've heard from so many of them since either during that weekend or since you know, that they had a great time. So we expect a, another um, big turnout. And, uh, of course, um, we're, we're planning to unveil Kyler Murray's uh, Heisman statue. So there will be a lot going on. Oh, wow. Okay, there you go. Uh, we get to see another statue at the spring game this year. Okay, let's take a breath here, Joe. Quick break. You've been kind enough to agree to stay with us for a couple of segments. I want to ask you about... Uh, the 230 OU Texas story with Chris Del Conte when we come back, uh, and a couple of other things. Joe Castiglione is with us on this Thursday morning. We'll be back. Visiting with Sooner Athletic Director Joe Castiglione. All right, oh, Joe, one of the stories of the week has been Chris Del Conte said that OU and Texas were pushing for a permanent 230 time slot for the Red River rivalry when they joined the SEC. Anything you can say about that and, and your preference going forward? Well, Toby, you know that's a very tough thing for me to do, given my love for 11 o'clock kickoffs. <laughs> yeah. that's a, he's joking, everyone. He's joking. <laughs> no, uh, uh, this is a great question. And I've been here, if I've heard it once, I've heard it thousands and thousands of times how much our fans love the uh, Red River game at 2.30. And that's what they got used to for decades. Uh, we didn't have as many tele- on in a, in a 2.30, 3.30 window for the most part. And so that's what everybody loved. Uh, obviously gives them a chance to you know, make more of a weekend out of it. Um, and uh, we think that would be a great, you know, a great uh, time slot. That being said, I don't know that it will stay in that time slot permanently. I, I, uh, you know, I'm still learning more and more about the new television agreements inside the SEC, and uh, with ESPN as their full partner, there's there are going to be, you know, a, a number of exciting things develop. Now, the one thing that we have said forever is that we won't move that game to prime time in the evening. That's just not going to happen. And it's just uh, too much going on around the state fair to play that game at night. And so uh, it has to be either 11 or 2.30. But I do agree that the 2.30 would be the ideal time, you know, depending on how things work out. Have you received any indication from the SEC that, that they're in agreement and I know that the TV network's going to have a big say here, but does it sound like the SEC is going to try to help you make that happen? They're open to it because of the time slot that they now have on a national basis. Uh, uh, currently, you know, through the final year of the contract, uh, their um, national game of the week is at 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central. That's on CBS, but that. That will transition over to ESPN. So 
you know, there's a likelihood that game will be featured in that slot uh, most years. But again, I want to I want to be careful uh, leading anybody on. There hasn't been any direct promise uh, or guarantee. The schedule hasn't even been set yet, <laughs> so uh, I don't think anybody wants to. Um, put themselves in a, a position that they can't be flexible. So we'll see how that goes. But we certainly uh, have been asked which time slot we prefer, and our preference has been 2.30. So we'll see how it goes. Okay, let's talk money, Joe, which, by the way, is the way a lot of Joe and I's conversations begin. Let's talk money, Joe. Um, yeah, You're trying to do a bunch of stuff, from renovations to Owen Field to improving the baseball stadium, your broken ground on the softball stadium. Everything takes money, and uh, costs have skyrocketed here in the last few years. The lead-on campaign, uh, capital campaign that the university has, I think it's a $2 billion capital campaign. Athletics is a big part of that, right? And where do you stand on kind of everything going on right now? You uh, you left out uh, scholarships and NIL. Yeah, so okay. maybe that's right. A couple more yeah. things that um, we're needing to uh, generate, you know, revenue. Um, but yeah, the uh, the capital campaign is is really something special for this university. I continue to say, you know, with uh, the leadership of uh, Joe Harris and and our uh, university administration team and the board of regents all working so well together, having this uh, really vibrant, uh, big-picture, forward-thinking, strategic plan of what we believe the university should be in the years to come to serve um, this state, this region, and the country, both in higher education, but uh, how we impact the daily life of citizens. Um, it's going to take you know, a lot of funding to make that happen. But the, the return on investment is enormous. And we think of it the same way in college athletics. Um, let's face it, there are many, many choices, more than ever before. And the world is moving more quickly than ever before that uh, go through um, in front of prospective athletes in places where they uh, – want to go and they go from one campus to the next to the next to the next and they compare everything and the quality of the experience the resources that they have uh the quality of a coaching staff uh opportunities now in the nil space and facilities are a big part of that so we have to be very bold um in our thinking of keeping our facilities state-of-the-art so that's why we're moving so aggressively with a, a facility plan. Some of these were in the queue before the pandemic hit, and obviously that was a, and still is in many ways, a uh, massive economic impact on our ability to get certain things done. I mean, geez, inflation alone has nearly doubled the cost of everything we're doing. And that's, that's tough. Um, you know, the, the softball stadium is a good example, but we haven't changed anything since the design was finalized and the costs have just skyrocketed. But uh, we're, we're making it happen. And uh, we, we couldn't make it happen without the uh, support of our donor base. So that's why we're constantly out there trying to 
seek help and find ways to generate revenue. I, I know people always go back to why we always do things that seems to center you know, around money. It's because we are self-sustaining. We don't have any support from anywhere else. The state, we don't get tax help, state appropriations. We don't get institutional subsidies. We don't have student fees for athletics. We're rare in that case. And so we're able to, um, to have our athletic program. We have to pay for it ourselves. So that's why, um, why we do the things we do. We try to keep things you know, within the right perspective. But Oklahoma's built for excellence, and that's our goal, and that's how we're going to continue to pursue uh, everything we can and make it a great place to be. Okay, we got about 90 seconds, so three quick hitters here. Any timeline on baseball stadium? Not specifically. We're having some success in fundraising. Uh, I said before that simultaneously we're moving through the design process. So when we raise the necessary money to build it, we'll have you know have that plan ready. And uh, you know it's going to be in the very near future. I don't want to sound like it's not something that we're pursuing aggressively, but we need to continue to raise money for it and make that happen. We had a listener ask, any pressure to add seating to Owen Field with all the 100,000-seat stadiums they've got in the SEC? Absolutely not. I think people need to, we need to, in another segment, Toby, educate people to where stadium capacities are going. They are not getting bigger. Finally, do you feel better about where you are in the NIL space now than maybe a few months ago? Definitely. We have a lot of, um, you know, really a lot of good data that's coming to us, seeing how, um, how successful our athletes are being. Uh, we're, we're trying to support them in every possible way of educating them from financial literacy to tax help to how they build their brand, how they connect with businesses. And the data shows that they're, they're really finding special opportunities. Um, and it's been equal. Uh, men and women. So that's been exciting. But as you know, this thing has to grow and we need to continue to generate help and support the collective and other things that we can do uh, in a permissible way to uh, put our athletes at the top. You're the best, Joe. Thank you. Thank you very much, Toby. Talk soon. Bye, TJ. See you, Joe. Top of the hour break. Back after this.